Cross the Streams Podcast, Track Guide, Season 2, Episode 10, Hometown Hero Segment with former Billing Skyview standout football track and field, J.P. Williams, went on to a great career at Wyoming, played in the Arena Football League, now works for championships in the NCAA Division Three football, baseball, and wrestling, uh, childhood idol of Kane and I, is really fun to have had him on the podcast, uh, and a great second follow-up, I know a lot of people wanted us to have a Skyview guide be true to our Falcon roots after launching Hometown Heroes with Mike Hader from Billings West. Uh, but you'll get the full interview between myself and JP. Also got to sprinkle in some questions that Kane uh, sent our way. And then Kane joins me for a reacts afterwards. JP Williams, Hometown Heroes, Cross the Streams podcast, episode 10 from season two. Cross the Streams podcast, Hometown Heroes edition number two. And I... Kane, I was just telling our guest today, J.P. Williams, Kane, apparently game planning for a season opener in Georgia against Auburn is more important than Cross the Streams podcast, so I'm going to get all over him after J.P. and I talk, but uh, if it, he, Kane sent me a list of questions, and we're super excited. Uh, last week, people got on us because our first Hometown Heroes edition of the podcast uh, was a West High grad, Mike Hader, and we said, hey, calm down. We got Skyview's <laughs> J.P. Williams coming on. Everybody get... A hold of yourselves. We haven't sold out. Uh, but JP, say hello. How how you doing, man? Chip, uh, I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on here. Um, you know, Skyview boys are sticking together, but uh, you know, more so than anything, it's it's Montana folks, it's Billings folks. But but I'm doing well, man. I, I I'm, I'm a long way from home. I try <laughs> to get back as often as possible, which isn't enough, but. Uh, uh, I'm doing well. Excellent. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely, man. We appreciate the time. And for everybody, if this is your first listen to this part, uh, season two, episode 10 overall for this season for Kane and I's Cross the Streams podcast. But as Billings, Montana kids, uh, we said, you know what would be a great idea? We talked to David Gunn, our podcast guru. We got to bring down Billings folks. Maybe we'll expand it to Montana people that are doing big and amazing things in the world, but also had a little niche and had some time in the shine back home. So obviously JP came to mind immediately and everybody catching up. Skyview High School up on the hill. And Jay, when we were going man like there was no houses up by skyview it was literally on the hill hey so we had our 20 year anniversary already uh 2014 and i came back after being gone about 10 years and yeah there's houses behind it on top of it <laughs> i could not believe the growth yeah um of not only the heights but of, of billings you know you go past 24th street on the west end same thing yeah houses everywhere people everywhere at so this point they might as well call I might as well call Billings and Laurel one place, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a clear divide back when we were Yes, there. absolutely. But uh, everybody out there, listen, JP, uh, obviously our dad, Cass Ione, was, was coaching and teaching when JP was coming through on the track side of things, winning 100-meter yeah. state championships on the football <laughs> side. We want to dive into that because uh, JP was a standout running back, Wyoming. I mean, we want to get all to it. But JP, start me here for people that don't know you, and it's and it's rare in Billings, right? I mean, there's people would walk around and say, "Hey, there's one black family, there's one Samoan family, and everybody else kind of looks the same." Uh, but how did your family? How did you find yourself growing up on the Heights? You know, family background. You know, getting to Skyview. That just take us through kind of the Williams family history. Sure. Uh, so obviously, parents uh, from Georgia. Um, Father's in the Air Force, and he just stayed there. Mom and he stayed there in Billings 
afterwards. Okay. And, uh, you know what? I'm going to go Jackie Robinson on you, really, <laughs> because it was athletics um, that, that separated me, that gave me that confidence to, to maybe, you know, sure, I look different, um, but I'm the same as you are. Mm-hmm. So as I walked around town and, and even, you know, in the, whole, the halls of my own uh, elementary, junior high, and high schools, you know, people were, were great to me. I can't say a bad thing yeah. about Billings. Um, I, I loved it. Um, you know, I would not want to have grown up anywhere else. I think, you know, as I come to cities here in the United States, I, I have a different perspective maybe of uh, some of the other folks who maybe come from um, um, some of the other areas in, in these cities that I, that I live here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think my perspective is different. You know, I, I, I love, um, you know, kind of challenging my friends and my coworkers on some different things and, and it's 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 an experience that you know not a lot of people get, but I, I took it, ran with it. You know, every opportunity I get, I try to take it, and learn from it, and run with it, and, and try to maybe even give a, a different perspective to folks. So, Billings is great. Um, you know, working with and running as a student in in high school. Uh, you know, and again, I'm gonna give a shout out to Coach Coach Ion. What's up? Um, <laughs> he he changed my life. He gave me different um, teaching tools and. And things that I needed, you know, as I as I went through life as a, as a young adult, and you know, I still use some of those things today. You know, I look back at you and and, and Kane, and, and and I smile when I see you guys succeeding, and and you know, our our hometown is great. Yeah. I mean, I really, really, as I travel around, I was in Boston last weekend. As I travel around uh, the United States, the world, I I, I actually um, think of Billings in in almost a day. As, Every day, mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't thank the folks in that community enough, and, and I love it. Yeah, I think that's uh, Kane and I. When people ask us, you know, hey, where is Billings? What is it about? I think a lot of things we echoed your statements. Like, I can't imagine a better environment growing up. You know, the family atmosphere. You know, people. Montanans Absolutely. are loyal, right? Montanans are loyal, right? And it, right? right, and that, and that stuck with me. Now, since Montana, I mean, you've been everywhere, and I want to let you talk about you know your time, your athletic career, you're working for the NCA. Sure. You and I have seen each other in Atlanta, seen each other in Phoenix. Sure. You know, all kinds sure. of different things but specifically for you during that like go back to 93 skyview football or even after your state title what do you remember because i tell people all the time like you guys don't understand how big high school athletics are in montana and i'm not claiming texas friday night lights but there's some pretty damn big crowds and people knew who jp williams was like what was that experience for you how did you manage it you know at at a young age uh talk to us about that Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, working with you know your coaches, Coach Lebsock, Coach Ione, Coach Newell, Coach St. John, uh, those folks—they're humble people. At the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Magnuson. I'm throwing. I'm, na- I'm name dropping. I love it. I love it. You know, it. Travis Wright. Yep. Brian Payne was my boy. Steve Joyce. Yep. Um, those are my guys, and they—they they were humble. And you know, if someone was better at you than something, and they—they they would tell you. Yeah. Um, but when it was your time to shine, you. Um, you stood in front and you kind of gave accolades to everyone. You yeah. Know, not just you. You don't do anything by yourself. So um, those things were, those those people um, were huge. And then again, mom and dad, um, you know, they always told me there's someone better. You know, mm-hmm. we were in Montana and Montana high school athletics is huge. Yeah. My parents are from Georgia. So when I would go see a Georgia 
a basketball game or a football game, I I knew. Yeah. I knew how good they were. Yeah. And, and you know, you're not done when you're in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, there's other things you can do, particularly if you're one of the more successful um, student athletes in high school. So I knew I knew there was other challenges to be had, and, and you know, you can't you can't get too ahead of yourself at, at any point. So mm. you know, again, though, it's just. We'd go to different towns, you know, travel. Yeah. And I tell this is my favorite part. Our closest road trip outside of senior and, and Billings, or excuse me, senior and West was was Bozeman. Yeah. That's what two hours yes. two hour drive. Right. You know, you, you get up that bus and you get comfortable with, <laughs> with your Walkman and, and, and yes, and, and it was Walkman. That bad boy for a little bit. Right. No, that's funny you mentioned that because when I got out here to Oregon at Willamette University, guys on the team were complaining. They were like, "Man, we got to go thirty-five minutes." I said, what? <laughs> we go to Great Falls or Missoula and Leb have us eating right? mashed potatoes and turkey and get us back on the bus after the game. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, 24-hour trip. Exactly. Hey, so Please. on the Skyview thing, you know, Skyview for everybody out there that's not, you know, Montana affiliated, Skyview was the newest school uh, in, in Billings. You know, it didn't have the tradition and history of West and seniors. So even your class... Like, talk a little bit about you guys kind of put Skyview football on the map in terms of you guys were winning. Like, you guys went to the playoffs, sure. first team to go to the playoffs. You know, when we came through, we got a state title. But I promise you, sure. all of us were watching you, Travis, Yaz at quarterback, the wing yep, T you yep. guys brought in. I mean, Leb just retired, and he was still wow. running wing T, right? So talk about that, you know, you guys and, and turning around the football program. Yeah. Guys weren't crushing weights, you know, in the NFL they probably were in college, but not at our level. Yeah. Um, so the coach started a program and we were in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, and we would walk up to Skyview and, and lift a couple days a week. Okay. And, you know, just so he knew who we were. Yeah. Um, and then as we got there, freshman year, we were kind of successful at, at little guy and through junior high. But as we got there as freshmen, you know, he, g- he gave us the opportunity to play some JV um, as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think the, the biggest thing, again, working with some of those guys who were seniors probably when, well, I guess, yeah, you were probably sixth or seventh grade. Right. Um, you know, we went to a, a, a football camp at the University of Wyoming, and, you know, Scott Frost, the head coach in Nebraska, yeah. was there. And there's a whole bunch of guys from, from Colorado, and they were, and we competed against them. And we were saying, you know what? We can compete in our own state if, these, if we can compete against these guys. Yeah. And so, you know, we came back, and. You know, we committed to, again, I mean, we were lifting every day in the summer. Um, you know, you lift through the season. You know, that's something they didn't really do before was lift during the right. season. Like, what? I'm tired. I'm going to go home. No, yeah. <laughs> lift on it. Right. And that's some of those things, you know. And then, you know, Travis came from Alaska. You know, you have Brian Sather, who was as fast as anyone, and he's an old lineman. Right. You know? So we had some of those things, and just the pieces came together. And really, it was just making the community believe because my fr- my sophomore year, Travis and I started as yep. as sophomores, and we were two and eight. Yeah. Um, but by the time we left, you know, again, like you said, seven and three, um, got a playoff game at Capital, and I mean, it, was, it was just we tried to instill in the little guys. I remember Rocky, and I remember some mm-hmm. of the little guys that that came to, that were dressing out, and yep. we were like, "Here's what you have to do. Yeah, like we're gonna do what we can. We're gonna try to make a run at the state title, but this is where you guys need to learn." Because yep. You're the young guys, and, and this is what we want to see. And, and 
no one was more proud of the program when you guys won your championship than, than I was. So that's know, awesome. Tears and you know, I don't, yeah. I don't tell anyone. But there were yeah. tears and everything, but it, that's... Was, it, was, it was special just to see the growth from being a, a doormat, and, you know, mm-hmm. the whole community laughing at us to champions yep and that's amazing you tell those stories because when i you know i was around more than a lot of guys my age just because pops was up there and so i'm watching you guys you guys are coming to our house for dinner but it's amazing you talk about the lifting right and mom's is feeding you you know you're eating 45 pieces of chicken and kane and i are just staring at you like jp's in our house this is amazing but you remember like i'm imagining you guys started the 800 900 thousand pound club Yes, because that wasn't in the weight room. And by the time we got there, like you mentioned, Rocky, Domingo, Jared Talk, all those guys, it was like, dude, you can't put on the wings if you don't if you you don't get on that board. And your guys' names were always up there. And you're right. Like, I'm imagining. Can you do you remember the Nebraska lifting videos Lev would show us? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, just how every any given year they could compete. Right. Where when again when I was first coming up, oh, it was people a, would come to Dayless against Skyview and yep. get a W. Yes. And, and then when we left it wasn't like that. Right. You know? The I want to do plenty of old memories, but do you remember your senior year when they moved your senior Skyview game to the afternoon? Yep. And it was like there was gonna be quote unquote gang fights? And we were Right? Oh, man. Hey, so this... Go ahead. And I remember, too, I remember you, even when you guys were gone, and you guys had gone on to play at all kinds of different places, you know, you, Division One, even a guy like Blaine Hardy was coming back from Tech... But we would we would play you guys after lifting up in the gym like three on three, four on four basketball, right? You're right. We would come home and, because we're proud. Right. We would come home and we want to see each other uh, when we we're on campus and um, for breaks in school and stuff. But I mean, we wanted to come play you guys every time we would come back. You guys would get beefier and beefier. And right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, moves and things like that. Um, but again, just just coming home was was amazing and. And seeing the, the younger folks, again, I had a younger sister, your yep. age, Kip. Yep. Um, just seeing seeing you all grow, um, and, and you're like, because you're really like, all right, you're going to play, right? Where are you going? Where are you going? Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go. I know you want to do something else. So right. It, it was special, man, and it, and it still is. I'm, I'm excited to even be on this call telling my friends and coworkers that I had the call today. And, yeah. You know, they're making fun of me. But, <laughs> but yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it was, I'm excited now as I was. Yep. Hey, tell me, this is David's question. David has to know, how in the hell did the Cats and the Grizz lose you to Wyoming? So everybody out, JP left Skyview, all accolades, and goes to Laramie, Wyoming to play for the Cowboys. How are you not a Cat or a Grizz? Well, a couple things, obviously. So uh, I had a recruiting trip at um, in Bozeman. Um, Cliff Heisel was the head football coach at the point, at mm-hmm. that point. And... Um, Coming out of high school, I wanted to be a Grizz. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to wear the, the it was Berg. It was I, that I weird was, brown. Was we were yeah. Orange, yeah <laughs> orange and yellow. Still. Dave Dickinson, thank you very much. Um, and they didn't offer me a scholarship. They oh, my God. The Grizz did. So, um, didn't necessarily want to go to Montana State. Yeah. The Grizz were owning everything. Yeah. Um, obviously, 
wanted to go to, um, you know, the FCS or FBS school, yeah. or at least give them an opportunity, and, and obviously uh, University of Wyoming um, offered me a scholarship. I think more than anything is when we went to camp. Oh, see, that's you know, a cra- I didn't know you guys did that camp. We all yeah. went to camp there, so they knew who I was. They yeah. knew I was, at least, if, for, if nothing else, fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. you know, I got a scholarship. Right. And I Yeah, you know that that's that's the story. You know, the Grizz didn't offer me. That's so insane. Then I a touchdown on them again in '97 when we played. Them. Right, and that had to feel good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we played at Georgia. We played at Ohio State, and nothing was bigger than that game. And it, my all, my whole team knew it. Yeah, they knew how big that game was to me. And it was, you know, I, I wanted to play for Montana, University of Montana, and they didn't offer me a scholarship. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me, and Kane wanted me to make sure I asked this. What you did you feel? Do you feel more prepared coming from Billings to live in Laramie, Wyoming, than maybe some other? You know, some other African Americans on your team are looking around Laramie. I can imagine going, "What the hell did I sign yep. up for?" Talk about yep. that experience, and were you able to kind of bridge the divide maybe between some of the teams? Like, I'm from Montana. I'm also yep. black. Let me talk to you about this. You know what I mean? It was, absolutely. It was, there was, the transition was minimal for me. Again, like, just like you said, I, it was just like home, smaller hometown, obviously. Yeah. Smaller than our hometown, but, but it was something that I was used to in terms of um, the folks that were around me. It wasn't, it wasn't this feel weird. I wasn't in a wool sweater in my skin. Right. It was normal. So right. There was a handful of guys on the team that, you know, particularly my age, maybe guys are a little older. Um, when they'd come in, you know, on recruiting trips and things like that, I would, I would soften it. I'd be like, you know, it's not, it's, it's actually a great experience. Yeah. Um, and we had some successful teams, and I obviously, um, I don't say, I don't want to say I had anything to do with all the recruiting, but I feel like there's a couple guys that that we needed to get. And, yeah. You know, regardless if they're black, black dudes or white dudes, you know, I've tried to sell, sell Laramie, uh-huh. Wyoming, um, and, and go from there. It, it was. It was, uh, and so I, you know, I, I believe in the faith and, and, and not, you know, I'm not going to push it on anyone, uh-huh. but what I do believe is that, that someone put me on this earth to be an ambassador, to try to, to be an in-between, a translator between different cultures and things yeah. like that. I honestly believe that, Kate. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started it on campus there in, in, in Laramie, Wyoming. So, you know, it, it was cool, yeah. though. I mean... You know, you're just selling, you know, selling used cars. Yeah, right. We're not, we're not Colorado. We're not Nebraska, but we're Wyoming. Yeah, you believe me, right? Yeah. <laughs> What are given? Because I remember watching. I mean, we all all Skyview kids like, hey, Wyoming's at Ohio State. We're gonna watch JP. Is that the? <laughs> is that a great game? Like, is what's the Wyoming memories for you? You mentioned the Montana's touchdown, beating the hell out of the Grizz. Sure. What else comes sure. to mind from those times on the field? Sure. I mean, I'm not gonna bore you. Obviously, Montana and Montana State. Those two games stuck out. Yeah. Play against Travis Wright and and that David. David Gilbreth in Bozeman. Right. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you to, to watch the Ohio State game. <laughs> it still hurts. My friends give me stuff still. Right. Um, but we played at Georgia. So my parents are from Georgia. Yeah. My family came out. It was, I was sick. I had to trade tickets. It took me two years to get those tickets. Right. <laughs> family members, right? Right. At the Georgia game. And that's probably um, one, of the, one of the games. You know, I played well. We lost by 16-9. Um, but that was 
one of the games that was special as well. Yeah. Um, just because family got to see me, you know, they got to see us at uh, the University of Wyoming compete against the SEC team. Right. You know, Chan Bailey was out there doing this oh. thing. And, and so, you know, it, it was fun. And what a few people don't know, I ran track. Yes, yeah, see, I didn't even put that together until I, I, I went through your LinkedIn just getting prepped. I didn't know you ran yeah. track there, too. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I mean, you just, you're one of the faster guys on the teams, and the coach is like, hey, you want to, you know, instead of spring, or not spring ball, but winter training, you want to run track? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so, three years, I ran indoor track. A couple, I did probably five or six, seven, eight outdoor meets, but yeah. I did most of my damage on in indoor track, but it kept me in shape, Yeah, um, kept my speed up, um, so yeah, it was, it was fun. That's, so take me yeah. from there, I know you did arena for a little bit, right, and then sure, you also, sure. you went Indiana State, master's degree, athletic administration, when, yeah. talk about yeah. when you decided, you know what, I've been balling for a long time, I gotta get a real <laughs> job, you know, go through that sure, transition right. for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a handful of handful of things going on, and you know you have you play a decent season, senior season, you test well in the off season, and the NFL teams at least kind of figure out who you are, yeah, um, based on your numbers and things like that. Long story short, I got a call, missed the call. This is days before oh. um, Colorado. This is the days before cell phones, so they're not calling my cell. They're not calling back. Oh calling man! Once, if you don't answer. Um, one of the guys at, at Colorado State, who was our rival, yeah. uh, Jason Kraft, actually played like eight, nine, ten years. Um, they called him after they called me, which is uh, crazy. You uh, are, wait, wait, so, wait, wait, slow down. Yeah, you yeah, missed the call, JP? No oh, way. Oh. What were you doing, so, golfing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was just early, it was early morning. You yeah. Know, you know, there was five of us in our house, no one answered the phone. Um, I get a call, I call my agent probably 10 minutes later, I'm like, someone called, and he says, yeah, it was Jacksonville Jaguars, long story short. Oh, They were like, hey. So, later on that day, there was another opportunity with the Jets, didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, that's when you go to, you're like, all right, I'm going to go play arena football to see if anything else can work out. Yeah. Uh, You do that for two seasons, and at some point, you're like, uh... (laughs) I gave it my all. Let's go ahead and get a real job. Yeah. You know, you're just like, you know, I got my degree. At some point, I, w- I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to try to run the the, the NFL or the, yeah. the football train as long as I could. And then at that point, you just go and and, uh, and you become a, a normal, quote-unquote, normal human being. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the job. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew I needed to work in athletics. Some yeah. way, somehow. Um, you know, whether it be for a team, um, and, and just kind of went through a couple different, uh, stops, um, you know, talk to all mentors and different folks and get your master's degree was, was a common theme. And so I got that at Indiana state a couple years after I graduated from university of Wyoming and then found myself at little league baseball, um, and, and was there five years and then got into college athletics. So I've been there, uh, I guess 12, 13 years since. It's and it, it's amazing, like the tie-in from when you mentioned earlier about being just an ambassador, connecting people. You know, it looks at sure, all, all sure. in all those. Do you feel like you've grown in that ability? Was it inherent just in your personality early? Stuff that you've kind of picked up along the way in different jobs. It's allowed you to do that on a bigger scale. 
Because um, if you sure. look at your path, you know, Little League, NCAA, and different vi- variations of what you're doing for them, it's definitely puts you in the position where you got to be around people and coordinate, right. talk, problem solve, <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, when you buy a house, it speaks, the one that you should have speaks to you. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, you, you find your bride, you know before you have to say anything that that's what should be. Yeah. And, and college athletics is what should be for me. Um, being that ambassador, it's not that I chose or tried, it, it chose me, and I'm just like, all right. Um, you know, I'm just trying to educate folks, um, make them, at the end of the day, see a different perspective. Everyone has their own perspective. Um, but that's not the only perspective. There's always two sides of a coin, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the approach that I have. You know, it shows me, and I'll, I'm going to do everything I can to, to do the best I can. For you, you know, and I think this is this is a question Kane wanted to make sure I got in there. You know, right now you're working like you're you're an NCAA is uh, assistant director of championships and alliances. How do you sure. handle because the NCAA? I mean, you, you guys know your 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 rep in the community ain't great, <laughs> right? Right? And, right? So how do you handle those questions? You know what I mean? You're not in the position where you're setting right. the NCAA's rule book that people are so furious with, but you know, like. Right. How do you deal with that? And I, I would quick tangent from me. Like, I just had a great experience with the NCAA. They had a Institute for Administrative Advancement for Minorities. So my boss came yeah. in and said, hey, Kip, you're a head coach now. Down the line, you ever think about being an AD? And at first I asked him, are you trying to fire me today? But then right, right, once right. we once we figured out that wasn't it, I had a fantastic experience in Atlanta, and the NCAA put it on. So that was like the one of the great positives for right. me. How do you go about it? Like, you work for this company, you're doing great things, but every other right. day, Twitter's blowing them up. Sure. We get, so we get great coaching help from our media group, okay. um, our, our, our communications group. But at the end of the day, you know, you look a person in the eye, because a, a writer's going to write what he or she wants, mm-hmm. no matter what. But at the end of the day, you look the person in the eye and say, all right, I was a student athlete. Our goal is for a student-athlete to be happy, for mm-hmm. a student-athlete to be happy. And I was a student-athlete that, that a long time ago, but I had that perspective. Mm-hmm. So who better than folks like myself or, you know, um, you know our, commi- our committees who are coaches and ADs and presidents and things like that, many, most of who those folks were student-athletes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know what we're talking about yeah. now. I come understanding where they're coming from. Sure, we want to pay someone. We want this. They want that. I think at the end of the day, for me, it's making them understand how the structure works because it might not make sense to them as they attack. Yeah. Um, but generally, when we come out of a conversation, and it's usually one-on-one uh, or a small group, it's hard to get a big group to, to kind of buy in. But when they understand who's making the decisions, hey, oh, you – your coach, you can be on the committee here that, mm-hmm. that can make change. Yeah. Um, so once you get that buy-in and they understand kind of what what's going on, it feels like it's under a cloak. Yeah. And it's really not. Um, so once you get that that under, give them that understanding, they kind of settle down. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, there's also a point where you just need to be able to take bullets. I mean, you're you're at basketball coach. Yep. Um, college level, and not everyone's going to want to hear or do or see or. Or like what you, yep. what your decision is. 
Right. You have to have thick skin. You have to be a professional and, and go to work every day and, and do the right thing, right? Yep. That's, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. Tell everybody your data. Like, what does it mean your job title right now? Associate Director Championships and Alliances. Well, what does that mean? What are you doing day to day? JP gets up. What does he do? Sure. <laughs> um, go for a run. <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> right. So essentially, everyone knows what the Final Four is: men's, women's Final Four. So I'll break it down that way. It's essentially athletic event planning. So. I work for Division Three football, baseball, and wrestling at this point. Love football, love baseball, love wrestling. And so I generally, I'm planning for a championship that's either, you know, six to nine months out to four years out. And I'm okay. planning the, the, the facilities and the decorations and the field paint, um, you know, the signage, the tickets. Um, and as you get closer to the championship, they work through their regular season. I work with the selection committee. Mm-hmm. Um, to select the teams and the AQ teams, and and then we go through the tournament, um, and then we get on site, and then at the end of the thing, you're handing trophies out, and you're uh, most outstanding player of the tournament, and things like that. You work yeah. with TV, um, the Stag Bowl. I work with the Stag Bowl Division Three Football Championship. We're on TV. We're on ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN Two. Um, so I work with that group, you know. And so it's it's my days are different every day, yeah. depending on the time of year. But uh, it's it's something that I love it. I love yeah. what I do. You know, again, I get to work with not only baseball and wrestling, but but football. Man, yeah. I get to work with football. The for you, do you see what skill set? And we ask people this a lot. It could be you know mindset or life skills you learn being an athlete um, that you sure. still draw on today. Um, then do you see do you see like in your industry, you know, working for the NCA, is there a lot of former athletes? In that, are you looking for that in a colleague or just you know that common experience background? Coincidentally, there are a lot of former student athletes, which probably makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're necessarily looking for a former student athlete, but maybe that mindset. Um, there's a big part of our job that that has to do with teamwork. Mm-hmm. So understanding how to work in a team taking your responsibility, knowing your role, staying in your lane, also offering suggestions. Um, but, you know, understanding that's probably the most uh, important. Yeah. But as you go through things, as you as you grow, as you go through your career, not it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have, to have been a student athlete. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you want the best person to help yeah. you succeed. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, Whatever they are, mm-hmm. that's what you want. You know how it is, right? Just like on your team, right? Yep. Like I don't care if you ever played basketball before, mm-hmm. but if you can, if you can help us win, yeah, do this. The yeah. for you things that you are there. Is there a lesson that you learned high school wise? Lesson you learned to Wyoming on the field? Lesson you learned arena? That you know, it's kind of applicable, and you're like, man, I, I already went through this, you know, even even at this later on in your career. But like, I th- I think about things that I did on the floor that as a coach, you're like, not necessarily do this on a pick and roll, but man, I learned how to talk to a teammate that I really had nothing in common with, but we worked towards a goal. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, as you manage, as you go through me sitting in an office doing an office job, 
Yeah, you're going to have to work with different people. You're going to have to work with people that you don't get along with every day or you may not hang out with outside of the office. Yeah. Um, but again, just understanding that common goal. Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? And at the end of the day, for me, it's the student-athlete experience. Like, I go to work every day. I come to work every day making sure or hoping that I provide that student-athlete on that one or maybe three or four days worth of a tournament that they have the time of their lives. I mean, we're still talking about it. You know, we're having a call about some of the things that we've done uh, through athletics. And mm-hmm. so that's my job yeah. is to provide that athletic, um, those athletic memories for, for those student athletes. So, I mean, yeah, I, I draw from past experiences. And generally, it's the failures, the things I didn't yeah. do right. Yeah, right. Is what I garner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I try to, what did I do wrong? <laughs> uh, let's make sure it doesn't happen for someone else. Yeah. You know, let's, that's kind of where I am. Exactly. How often, and you mentioned, you know, you had the 20-year reunion. Do you, how do you still stay up with Billings? Is it visits? Is it online? Like, how, how do you, people ask me all the time, how do you know sure. what's going on in Billings? And I say, well, I got, I'm following stuff on Twitter. I'm following, if I see Skyview something, I'm dialing in. What's that look like for you? Same. Uh, generally, it's trying to talk to folks that are, that, that are from the hometown, mm-hmm. um, staying up to date on some of the current events. Um, but for us, media yeah it's huge you know yep. we got the internet now i try to go to the billings gazette kind of see how the, the falcons are doing yeah um but yeah going through you know facebook i, I, I do instagram yeah you know, I, I try to stay up with twitter and and how you know and then you got your siblings are doing the same thing so right. they're giving you information oh did you see did you see did you see and you're yeah like, oh, okay that's cool that's cool um so that i just try you know it doesn't feel like i'm as far away from home just because there are there is social media, yeah. so I, I I like that that is a tool that we can we can tap in. What go back? One of the things I wanted to ask you about that I thought was such a unique experience that you got to do with your older brother on the track team. That four by one team you guys had, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. damn you guys were flying. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Not many people remember that. Uh, we yeah, had, we had DJ Becker, we had Sather, we had Larry. Yep. Yep. Um, and then my brother, it was a special time. I mean, he, he came out for a year. Yep. Um, you know, I begged him, I begged him to come out, and, and he did. Yeah. And, he, and I'm going to play this for him. He, we're, he's coming up to Indianapolis um, for, for Labor Day weekend, so I'm going to play this episode for him. Yep. But um, I don't think he liked that his younger brother was, was fast. <laughs> but, but he did me a favor. If he never right? does me another one, he went out for the team, and, and he stayed with it, and, and, and we ran together. It was special. Yeah. He doesn't know, and maybe he does now, but he didn't probably understand how much I looked up to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we all have our heroes. Yeah. And and he was he was one of them, and and I I, that was a special time. And I looking at Kay, and I know he looked up to you. Yeah. I know he did. I well, and that's, I mean, that's part of the reason we even do this podcast, you know, because we talked about it for years. Like, man, we have never done, like, a project together. You know, obviously, we're close as brothers, but this is an opportunity because sure. he was he was a sure. freshman when I was a senior. You know, he got yeah. moved up to JV for hoops, but Carl didn't put him on varsity, and I was pissed right. off. You know what I mean? Carl, come on, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember the uniqueness of that. That four by one team, and you mentioned your brother Kimson, you DJ, and yep. and Larry. But you, know, you got three African American guys, and either DJ or redheaded Brian Sother running the lead leg, and he was fast as hell. You remember, you remember how the legs are moved? Yeah, man. Because you did your homework. 
Right? Because Pops was the coach, man. I had to know. I can't, we were going to watch you guys run, and that's it. Like, that, we were going. We got in trouble. Wow. This is a funny tangent. West High people listening, I apologize. But we were watching you guys at the Metro. You know, the old Metro. They don't even have a track there oh, anymore. Yeah. Right? And you, we, wow. Right? They don't have a track there. But you're running. I think it was you and Larry. It might have been you and DJ. But you're in, like, the 200 against. You remember the name John Euland? Remember the, the kid? Oh, my boy, yeah. Yes. Yes, and so we're sitting there with our mom, and you know how loud Rhonda is, and we're sitting there, and me and Kane are just these little 11, 12-year-olds, we're like, oh, JP's going to kill this Euland, we're just running our mouths, after the race, now you did win, but after the race, uh, John Euland's family was sitting right behind us the whole time, and we had no idea, so they went to Pops, and they said, hey, Cass, your sons were exceptionally rude to our son, and oh, did we get a tongue lashing. So I want to thank wow. you for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I apologize. The coach don't play. I don't, my don't play either. Oh, man. I, I did not know that. That's a good story. Man. That's the, a good story. Hey, oh. what? Uh, you all the, you know, the, the platforms you're on. How can people keep up to date with you and, and, and what you're doing? see yourself where's the where's the career target where, where are you headed so this just in i love football i'd love to get back to the game so i started officiating don't hold that year really started, yeah man i can't coach <laughs> the time to say to coach yeah um without like quitting my job and taking a college full-time job right um so i started the officiating part uh, in high school here in, in indiana Indianapolis area, and so, um, you know, maybe something with the CFP, Mm -hmm. Um, I continue to look for opportunities here at the national office in terms of working with football, the Division II and Division I folks, and maybe with ESPN, and, you know, I don't, so my my major at University of Wyoming was uh, communications, and kind of like broadcasting, so I'd love to maybe try to to do some high school stuff, I mean, I understand the game. Right. Um, you know, as much as anyone. So that I see myself doing doing something like that. But you know, again, ultimately, um, just staying in the game of football, giving back to the youth, giving back to college, um, and even if I need to help out at the, at the National Football League level, I, I'd love to do that as well. Man, that's that's amazing. Hey, Jay, we really appreciate <laughs> it, man. We're gonna we're gonna put up the react segment. Kane will get a listen to it, and then we we can we can laugh about you being an official now. But I actually like that. Like more former players got to get in on in hoops Absolutely. too. We complain Absolutely. that oh, this ref never played. Well, what if they did? Then they'd probably be better at it. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Hey, you know what I heard? What I don't hear very often anymore is you called me Jay. Yeah. A lot of people. You know, that, that means you're from Billings, Montana. There it is. You, you went to school with 
Skyview, Ma. That's Skyview High School. I, mean, I don't hear that very often, and I appreciate that. Hey, man. We, hey, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much, and uh, we look forward to getting back together with you on this later on down the line. Hey, if you ever need me again, I'd love to participate. Kip, thanks for your time. Kane, good luck at Auburn, brother. Thanks, man. Cross the Streams podcast, React segment, Hometown Heroes number two. Uh, and I know, Kane, this was one that you and I, when we first pitched the idea, when David was talking to us about getting it, we immediately said, if we don't get J.P. Williams on here, we're cheating America. And so it was awesome for me. I'm sorry you couldn't make the interview, but I know you got a chance to listen to it. It was just so cool that J.P. Williams was on our podcast. <laughs> exactly, man. That was 100% what I was thinking the whole time that you were chatting with him. And I'm listening. I'm going, man. Are you kidding me? J.P. Williams, <laughs> the guy that was our, literally our hero for the longest of times. Yes. Uh, and I loved how you, you threw in when him and Travis Wright and Chris Magnuson and those guys used to come over for dinner yep. uh, to our place. And, and, man, we would just sit there and stare at him with that awkward, uh-huh. you know, just looking up to these guys like they were gods, <laughs> superheroes. Yes. We're eating dinner with them. We're breaking bread with them in our living room. Yes. We'd go to Beartooth Elementary School the next day and brag about it to our friends. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I didn't say two words. Go ahead. Every once in a while, we'd have that one friend that we'd bring over and be like, yeah, hey, you want to come over for dinner? We got (laughs) J.J. Williams in the whole Skyview backfield coming over for some food. But, uh, man, that was was awesome. I remember. Holy cow. I remember literally like. Because we've talked about this a lot, and JP alluded to it, Mike Hader alluded to it on the previous Hometown Heroes. The fact that Billings exists in a vacuum of professional sports, and the Cats and the Grizz are not located in Billings. Like, if you're a stud in Billings in high school, you're going to be an icon, right? And then you add on to JP, like, our dad is his coach, so we have that connection and JP yep. was always, just like he was in the interview, so outgoing, like, what's going on, little Kip? What's going on, little Kane? And remember, we would mumble, like, I'm okay, nothing nothing much. Hi, JP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no question. And the man. second we went to school, like you said, then we'd tell him, oh, JP's my boy. Yeah, man, yeah. And we're like besties. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't friends. say four we, words to him at dinner. Yeah, we barely said could get out hello, yeah. hello being best friends. Uh, I really, let's start here. I was, and it's always fascinating for you and I to talk to other minorities that grew up in Billings, and this is not to paint this horrific picture of Billings, but it is not the most diverse community compared to especially where we're all living today. that's just, yeah, Montana in general is not the most, if there is a diverse city in Montana, Billings would probably be the one that they could point to and be like, well, yeah, there's some diversity there. And so I love that talk from him just about, because you and I would answer probably the same way. Like, I really enjoyed growing up there. You know, there's obviously some points of it when you're on the road at, you know, we won't name cities where people are throwing some racial epitaphs your way. But like JP mentioned, man, it just was so, it was so fun growing up in Billings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed kind of his view of the whole thing and the, the fact that he was able to, uh, in this, we'll probably dive in this later as we talk about his college days, but just be able to relate to people yeah. in so many different ways and in so many different areas of the of the country, 
because you can find commonplace with anybody. Yep. And I think Billings, growing up in Billings, kind of gives us a, a chance to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was awesome that he uh, just the experience that he had was so impactful that he breaks it up with everybody that he interacts with now. Yeah. Uh, throughout life. Yep. Is very proud of the fact that he grew up in Billings, Montana, and in Montana in general, and is always going to be a Billings kid at heart. Yeah, and you know, I think maybe, and we would have to go back and ask mom because you know our mom Rhonda grew up in Billings a little bit longer than us, or some other people had been there. But I would, I would venture to guess, JP was one of the first African American standout athletes in Billings, right? And yeah, could uh, you pick a better personality-driven kid to kind of be the torchbearer to start that? You know, to watch JP. I mean, he's always smiling. Like I don't think I've ever. I think I've seen JP mad once in my life. <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think for him, like for us too, coming up behind him for David Gunn, you know, that we're really close with, and for all of us that came up after him, there was kind of a route there that you keep your nose clean, you ball out. And yep. you're gracious and humble in doing so. And obviously our dad wasn't going to let us be anything else. But that, that kind of trickles down from I saw JP live it. I saw JP do it. From his sophomore year on, he was famous. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of a, a route for us to follow in. Speaking speaking of that route of following and kind of trying to do things and emulate things that JP would do, which there was so many things that we were trying to emulate as little kids. Yep. Obviously just his play on the field was a big part of that. Yeah. But then just his style, like remember when mm. he had the oh. blue tights? Yes. He used to rock the blue tights. And, and of course we had to have the blue tights. Oh, guaranteed. Under our foot. It didn't matter what the weather was. No. If I was playing uh, a Seahawk little guy football on my B-Squads team, mm-hmm. I was going to rock my blue tights yes. under my pads because that's what J.P. Williams did. No, you're and 100% then, right. Not to mention J.P., was the original Tim Tebow <laughs> as far as scoring at the, the, on his, one of those long runs. Yes. The 29-28 uh, sweep in the wing T Skyview offense. Yep. And uh, he turned that corner and you knew he was gone. Right. And then all of a sudden, JP takes a knee in the corner of the end zone. Yes. And I remember seeing that for the first time and instantly was like, yep, uh, I'm doing that. Yep. First time I scored a touchdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not kidding, because JP also had the first Emmett Smith helmet set up, the face mask. Yep. And he had the visor. Yep. And he also wore number two in practice, but 21 on the field, which was the sickest setup of all time. Yep. Uh, but the, the on the, I'm glad you brought that up, because David Gunn wanted us to ask him where that came from. Mm-hmm. And because you're right, JP was doing that. I, I don't want to say it's ever been like this cool thing to do, but it was a unique setup that yes. he he was of the faith, like he mentioned in the interview, and he sat down and, and thanked the God, thanked the Lord for his touchdown. I mean, it was, and he scored a lot of freaking touchdowns. Yes, and so uh, that's a and the blue tights for everybody listening. Kane's talking about there used there wasn't before. I don't think football fashion was it. I think JP started it because he I had his sleeves. That. Remember him and Travis Wright had their sleeves. Elasticized, elasticized, right? 
And I, I'll say yep. this too, and we'll get off in a lot of tangents. But I wore number four, so I was a freshman. Travis Wright was a senior, and he was another phenomenally fast part wing in the in the in the combination with Chris Magnuson yep. at fullback and JP on the other wing in the wing T. But I got Travis Wright's number four when they graduated, and I'm not kidding you. That thing was the size of a napkin. He had cinched <laughs> that son of a bee up so much because Travis Wright was all muscles. He's all muscles, and I come yeah. in with my 6'3", 175-pound frame, and I was like, Lev, can we get a new jersey? And he's like, you got to get in the weight room, fill yep. that thing out, flex Fridays. <laughs> Yes. To make sure when I got up there, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. There's no way in hell I'm rocking the big non-elasticized <laughs> sleeves like freaking Tony Romo did his entire career, which I still, that's the reason why Tony Romo never won a Super Bowl. Is the sleeves? didn't even get to the Super Bowl because his sleeves. And I'm telling you, the sleeves, it, it, I swear, us in the stands, we. I, I wish we could go back in time and say, when did you two notice, hey, wait a minute, long sleeves are trash. Uh, but i really like the question and i and i I made sure to ask him that you sent in that you wanted to be sure we hit him with was hey man what was that transition for him to laramie wyoming because i would consider billings a metropolis compared to laramie (laughs) and i've only been there to see you play the cowboys when you were the bobcats and it wasn't i couldn't fly into laramie i had to fly to denver drive through a snowstorm for three hours to get to Laramie. So right. I thought that was a great question. What did you think of his answer? I thought it was awesome, man. I was looking for uh, just anything that is you know, comparable to Bozeman, mm-hmm. um, my experience there. But just kind of he hit it on the head as far as his ability to relate to so many different people. Obviously the people uh, that are locals from either Wyoming, Laramie, or the surrounding area that went to the University of Wyoming. And then him being able to still relate to those that are coming from different areas yeah. to Laramie, Wyoming, to play. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for JP, it was not nearly as a cult, big of a culture shock because of coming from Billings. There's mm-hmm. still a transition, nonetheless. Like you said, Laramie is by no means a big city. And Billings, maybe, uh, in comparison, could be said to be, mm-hmm. but... Some of these guys coming from Chicago, California, Texas, some of these bigger uh, areas, now having to be in Laramie and JP kind of being that guy that was the um, ambassador. Yes, he used that word. I thought that was a great word. Yeah, man, being able to kind of bridge the gap between those that are from Wyoming and those that are from out of state in different areas coming to Laramie for the first time. And... I found myself in similar situations, mm. being from you know Billings to Bozeman, obviously Montana kid through and through, um, but also being able to relate to a certain extent yeah. to these kids coming from different areas that are not accustomed to Montana. Right, and um, I, I think JP was uh, hit right on the head, man. As far as th- that's a big skill to, to be able to develop, and um, yeah, he. he he, always, he fell 
short of saying it, but I know he was kind of leaning that way as far as, hey, I'm responsible for recruiting some of yes. the dang kids. Yep. And, uh, and that is actually really true. Yep. Well, we both you know your best recruiters are your players. You know? Yeah, man. There's no question. As much as we want to sell uh, our program as coaches and do everything in our power, that's our job to recruit kids. When it's all said and done, when we get them on campus, it's about our team and the players that are around that are going to make them feel the most comfortable. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, so obviously, JT was a big part of that, and I'm sure he's looking for some kind of just benefit. Hey, can I get a uh, spiff? After all these years, yep, can I know? get a kickback? How <laughs> <laughs> about, speaking of MSU, Bozeman, Montana, I thought David's uh, question was really good, too. I always wondered why or how that how he never ended up. They didn't offer? Can schools. you believe and that? Apparently, the University of Montana didn't want him. Like, and what? Yeah, how about that? Uh, I mean, I'm, let's talk. I mean, I get it, though. To be honest, now I'm on this side of things. I yeah. get it. Certain players uh, don't fit your what you're looking for at certain positions, mm-hmm. this, that, and this. You don't want to have to play that game of, oh, well, he's a Montana kid. We have to recruit him. Yeah. You don't want to fall into that. Um, but at the same time, you're talking about a kid that was the best, if not the best, arguably the best player in the state at the time. Yep. One of the fa- by, he's running 10 six, nine in the yeah, hundred. One of the fastest in the history of the states, and he doesn't end up on either campus. Man, that's tough. That is, you know, I'm glad David got sent that in, and I I love that he was able to get a little revenge on both yeah. schools playing against them, especially the Grizz and getting a touchdown yeah. pick six. See, I one I didn't know JP was from Georgia. How do I not know that? I went to school with his sister Aisha from junior high on. Um, obviously, our dad coached him and Kimson in the relays and sprints forever. How did I not know he's from Georgia, which explains a lot. Uh, and number two, I was I, I would like to think back, and you're connected to the Cats, and I was trying to think who was coaching uh, the Grizz. Was it Dennehy? And Heisel was at Montana State, and Dennehy yeah. was at Montana. Yep. I yep. can't imagine they had a t- there was more speed in the state than JP. But maybe no. it was the conversion from being a wing T halfback to, to a re- corner to a receiver, yeah, or corner, right? Or you know, because at that time, uh, that was when Dickinson and those guys were freaking. There was an air raid offense, right? Essentially, and so we weren't throwing the ball up on the hill. Four wide receivers all over the field. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, uh, that is interesting that that he didn't end up in one of the two Division one schools in state, but yeah. everyone's story is, is different and, and things happen for a reason. And yeah. Obviously, he had a great career at Wyoming and right. it uh, opened up doors in different ways he probably never thought it would. What did you think of his kind of cross-the-streams moment deciding about career? You know, first yeah. of all, what about the draft? Because I thought immediately <laughs> to your draft experience waiting for that phone call and he missed his call. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, there's the draft experience is so different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, I cringe every year when the draft time comes around. I really do. There's yeah. like a, this dark place in my mind that mm-hmm. just this thing keeps coming out and during draft time. And um, I, I would imagine that JP's in the same boat to a certain extent where you just feel like, man, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy when you, th- you think about the the fact that there was the landline. Oh, right? insane! And not being able to get a hold of them just because of, of the landline and not having cell phones at the time. I remember my cell phone leading up to the draft that week. Yeah, was blowing up as far as hey, what number you can we reach you on 
such and such day. Yeah. And so it's it's such a crazy experience, and everyone's experience is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That was so, such a crazy one. Then he went the arena route. I know you've talked about on the podcast prior when you decided, you know what, I'm not going to do the arena thing. I'm going to jump into yep. coaching. But he actually played, you know, mm-hmm. arena ball. Um, and I thought it was interesting that he knew the guy who they called after him, and that guy yeah. ended up playing. But it's JP. <laughs> like a lot of people would say that name pissed off. And JP's, you know, JP's just so gregarious about it. Like, hey, you know, yeah. this happened. I messed it up, but I'm doing fine. Uh, yeah, that was exactly. his 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 personality has always been so infectious, and it even comes yes. through the phone. There's no doubt. With the, I could, you could just see him smiling through the phone. Yes. As the interview's going. You can just see that smile and the laugh. It, it, it's hilarious, man. It's but it's great to see uh, the success that he's having and the yep. career he's having, and, and obviously uh, he could tell that. And just like everybody else that we get on here, there's always something that's kind of pulling you. Yeah. There's always something that is kind of. For, not forcing you, but you can feel it kind of pulling you in that direction. And like he said, as far as being the ambassador uh, for recruits and for other teammates, and uh, all of a sudden he, he feels like, yeah, just being around student-athletes and yep. helping student-athletes, basically service, some yep. kind of service. And that's what, that is what he wanted to end up doing, and that's exactly – the realm that he's in that he's in um i think the question you you sent me that i posed to him about how does he navigate the fact that he works for a dartboard in terms uh-huh. of the ncaa gets pillared by everybody and yep. jp's a representative of them and probably a really good one um i thought i thought his answer to that was was really interesting of people of assuming people don't know the whole story so not getting pissed off at them that they're attacking you with just what they know. Like, can you imagine being able to do that? Boy, I'd be all over people. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, and I'm guilty of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as you know, be working in the NCAA as a, as a coach and these rules and stuff that you have to deal with as a coach. Uh, and, you know, as a student athlete, former student athlete like yourself as well, there's mm-hmm. these things, this, like, stereotype of, the NCA out there and you just I loved how he kind of framed it and I loved how he made it made you think and flip your thought a little bit of who really is the NCA. Yeah. It's a bunch of former student athletes right, right. that are looking out for the best in- interest of student athletes. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep that in mind with everything that is happening, your viewpoint of the NCA should hopefully change a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i think a lot of people out there with misinformation like you've you've mentioned and jp talked about like people misconstrue i think a lot especially in your industry on big time college football yeah the ncaa doesn't run big time college football they no. stop at the fcs level you know does that make yeah. sense you know i mean there's yeah. rules and whatnot but a lot of that is commissioners of conferences and other things and i don't want to lead you down a path where you get in trouble uh but i really liked his approach to that and obviously it, it's not shocking that jp can keep a positive look on a hard <laughs> on hard work you know what i mean <laughs> no um quick tangent in his role as a championships coordinator for ncaa d3 wrestling football baseball when he was first learning that work that work i was in atlanta for the final four with david and we are in downtown i want a picture to people nighttime and at the Final Four, obviously, there's hundreds, I mean, there's thousands of people on the streets trying to have fun. And I, we hear from across 
the crowded intersection, I own gun. And we knew immediately it was JP. Like just yeah, that voice. Just and we, voice. we saw him, we hugged in the middle of the street and then we went and had beers for five hours and we hadn't seen each other in probably five, 10 years easily. Um, that's that's awesome. just the type of person JP is. But what, what else stood out to you from the interview before we, we wrap things up? Uh, I think the biggest thing I took away was just the, the love that JP felt uh, while he went through growing up in Billings, uh, the support, uh, like we talked about as far as being uh, kind of almost a semi-celebrity yep. uh, as you come up, and but all the love and support. And, and uh, you know, he mentioned obviously our dad, Coach mm-hmm. Lepsock, all the different coaches that he had and all the impacts that, the impact that they had had on his life. Um, but overall, just the community of Billings mm-hmm. um, and the impact that it's had on JP over the course of his lifetime and the fact that he still wants to show as much love to Billings and uh, that community as, as possible. And, and uh, I think that's awesome. It speaks well of, of the place that we grew up. Yep. And I think that's one of the reasons we want to do this segment, you know, is it's not just a Skyview thing or a West thing, but just a, from where we were and the people it's produced. One thing I will say, and what, I don't know about your thoughts. One, do you remember the John Eulen story and you and I getting in trouble? <laughs> do you? Remember, I think you were, I think it was you that got us in trouble. I was totally no, polite. no. no. <laughs> Right, and then he didn't, that, and JP this, smoked him. <laughs> I tell you what, man, that, that was a lesson. You talk about life lessons. Yes, that was a lesson that I learned from that point on. Yep. Hey, know your surroundings, idiot. Read the room, buddy. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then second, I was, I was like I told JP, I was extremely jealous that him and Kimson got a run on that relay together. You know, yeah. they got to do that, and obviously, you and I went to school for a year together, but. Um, we never yep. got to take the field in Skyview Colors at the same exact time on the same team. Uh, yep. So I, that was a really cool thing that they got to do. No question. No question. That that, that was fun to watch. Oh, um, God, they were fast. Yeah, they were. would have been awesome. would have been awesome to be able to get have had ourselves on the, on the same team at the same time back in the day. But unfortunately, I was four foot nine <laughs> as a freshman. With pounds, a hell of a so. handle, but yeah, you were yeah, yeah, you were uh, no, you were little. It would have been, been an interesting matchup on Alan I feel like I could have played out there with you guys coming off the bench. And we've but, talked about this, um, you, me, David, and Scott Turnquist. We would have liked to have mentored you two by pounding you in practice all year because Turnquist <laughs> had to go two on one against us. <laughs> yep, that would have been a good time, man. But such is such is life. Yep. And, uh, we, we got plenty of those type of battles regardless. Hey, before we let you go, how are the Huskies shaping up for this week? Opening weekend at Auburn. What what can people look for that means that things are going well for you guys? Is it in the trenches? What, what, what are we looking for out of the purple and gold in Georgia against Auburn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it. It's it's in between the, tra- or the trenches and the trenches and just stopping the run, man. These mm-hmm. guys are are really, really physical. They're an SEC team, so they're going to have the size up front. They're going to have the speed on the outside. Uh, when it's all said and done, we got to stop the, the run on defense and be able to run the ball on offense. Again, I just instantly, did you hear it? Oh, man, I was about to say, spoken like a true coach on the podium. 
where can we see you? Where are you situated? I know people are always asking me, hey, so where's Kane during game days? Where, where yeah. are you going to be at this year? Yeah, yeah. So last year I was at the booth. There was a couple of screenshots. Oh, you were at, you were like a selling. magician at finding yeah, man, the camera. I was, I was really good at, at kind of spotting where the camera's going to be <laughs> in the stadium that we're at. And kind of position myself right there. So Is there a little bit of you me. excited about being back down there? Oh, I mean, I know yeah. the role's not the same as your previous stops, but you're all, you're kind of down there in the thick of it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. No, it's always fun to be on the sidelines. With hey, what be, is – I always thought about this because I remember being on the sidelines for you guys at Montana State and the way you guys came out in the uh, tunnel, like the coaches. Like you guys just came strolling out, but they had a video of you coaches. Is there a plan for coaches coming through tunnels at the big show? <laughs> Do you guys talk about? Do you jog at the end? Do you just walk out? Like that's that's that would occupy my brain. <laughs> it's funny, man, because <laughs> you do think about it. I don't care who, who you are as a coach or who you are as a person, man. You think about, all right, how am I, I going to take this stroll out? How yeah. am I going to do it? Am I going to be in front of the band? Am I going to make sure I, I kind of get out in front of the team somehow? Am yeah, I be out early before the team even comes out. What's my plan? Am I walking? You know, kind of that cool strut. Am I going to get my little jog on? Like I still got some athleticism right. in me. What, what's my what's my game plan? So I think everybody goes about it a little bit differently. Uh, yeah. I've got to think about it again now. Yeah, you do. When you go up to the press box. You just you hop on an elevator or a, a golf cart or whatever, and you're you're off and running. No one sees you. But in this case, man, this is this is some serious talk or thinking. Yeah, so I, I don't want you to mess this hours. up because I'm going to judge you because your nephew yeah. Lincoln and I are absolutely going to be watching. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing, man. I've got to get my wardrobe in check. Yes, I can't look like a freaking slappy. No, on the sidelines. This is your time. Um, so get by I the know. first down marker. So I you mean you'll be on TV like 25 times? Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm freaking stand right next to our head guy. That's fine. That's pretty fun. <laughs> like, all right, I will be next to the head guy the whole right. time. Hey, React segment, J.P. Williams, Skyview High School, class of 1994. Kip and Kane, I own Cross the Streams. Hope you enjoyed it.